Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Today's scripture is Romans 8, verses 18 through 28. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, here's Jenny. We always end this thing in prayer, but I'm actually going to start this one with prayer because some of you listening, you've seen the title and you're like, this is me. And I just want to start, God, by bringing you into this. And and I want to pray for every single person listening because in some way, sadness, depression, it touches every one of us. At some point in our life, we will walk through seasons of grief. And at some point in this day, we will feel a sense of sadness. It's part of what you've said is true, too, that there are groanings right now in us, whether our day is bright and shiny and put together beautifully and everything's okay, or whether we're walking through the darkest season of our life. So God, would you meet every person in this? I don't have the words. I don't have the wisdom for this, but you do. You know, and you know intimately what every single person listening is facing. So God, we trust you with this few minutes we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, here we go. You ready? Sadness, guys. It is real. It is everywhere. It is in me. It is in my daughter when she comes home from school with tears because she's just fought the entire day with her dyslexia in a classroom full of people flying by her. It is in my dear friend who buried their son last week. It is everywhere. It is in the air we breathe Because this world is broken. I mean, we know it. We don't have to be told that in a theology lesson. Like, it is broken. You see it in the news. You see it in your lives. You see it in your home. So I don't have to inform you that life is hard. It is hard. But what do we do with it? It's probably one of the biggest questions in life. More or less religious classrooms. What do we do with suffering? What do we do with brokenness? What do we do with sadness? And how does a good God allow these hard things to happen? You know, that that's the big question. And I remember walking out of seminary. I remember somebody asked me, like, are you glad you went? Like, almost like it was a weekend class. It was three years of my life and a lot of work and a lot of papers and a lot of study and a lot of thought. And my answer was, I ask better questions. I don't know that I have all the answers to these things that everybody wonders about God and about life, but I know I ask better questions. 
And what I understand now that I didn't understand before thinking about God that intensely for three years of my life was that God hates evil more than we hate evil and that God hates suffering more than we hate suffering. I think before I would have said token things to people in suffering. In fact, I probably did, and I'm sorry if you're listening right now. I'm sorry I did this. But I would say things to people like, God has a plan, and God is good and loving, and and how much he must love you to let you go through some. I mean, stupid, okay? I just don't ever say anything like that because the truth is God hates suffering. He hates death. In fact, he has done the ultimate sacrifice to destroy death and to destroy suffering. So we need to be realistic that God is not some God painting dark colors into a painting so it means more. This is horrific to him. Your suffering, he hates it. He hates it so much that he has built the story of eternity to dismiss, diminish, and eradicate it forever. That is the theology of God on suffering, is he paid the highest price you can imagine paying to destroy it. So so it will end. That's our promise, is it will end. Whatever dark thing you are facing, if you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a day when there will be no more suffering. I mean, praise God and hallelujah. That is a good, good truth. But it's really hard to get our head around it when we're walking through it on a daily basis. So first I want to talk about why this matters. I mean, if heaven is coming and God is real, like why not just be sad until we go and be with him and then we'll be happy. The truth is, What we believe about heaven and God should impact our joy and happiness now. Throughout scriptures, you see this call to joy and this call to rejoice in the midst of suffering. I mean, Paul freaking calls us to do it, a whole book about it in Philippians, when he's sitting and writing from imprisonment. So he's suffering currently, wonders if he might be killed for the gospel. And he's sitting there writing an entire letter to a church saying, rejoice, rejoice. The irony is, is is what a Christian can do differently than any other person on earth if they truly believe the Bible is we can be joyful in any circumstance because our circumstances are small and temporary compared to eternity. So what we have that not everybody has is we have a hope and a view of a very, very, very long life that we are going to go on forever. So what would destroy someone whose life ends at the grave because that's all they have, is breaking our hearts and causing us to grieve because it hurts. Mourn with those who mourn, right? Like that, we are, we are brought to mourning because of loss here. But our perspective is that we know the God that defeated the grave. We know the God that gives us forever with him and that forever is going to be bliss and delightful and better than we could ever imagine the best day on earth being. So So that's our hope. I mean, I know this is super basic, but I think how often do we hear it really? You know, like the story is eternal and the story is perspective giving that we get to not hope in this life because we have one that goes on forever. So it's hard to get our head around though, right? Like it's the reality that's true that if you believe in these things, you know, it's a little bit crazy, but but you'd say it's true. You hope it's true, but it's hard to like apply it when we are facing circumstances that are seemingly and in the moment despairing. And so what do we do? And I'm going to I'm gonna actually give you some crazy advice. You ready? I think we learn to be sad. I think we're afraid as Christians to be sad. My husband walked through a pretty dark depression and 
it was pretty long, candidly. And he read a book that really ministered to him, and it was a book called Why Christians Get Depressed. In fact, a lot of his reading around that time was a retraining of his mind that he wasn't necessarily in sin because he was sad. And I just, I, I want to start by saying it's okay. Like if, if you are sad, if you are listening to this because you have been struggling with depression for a very long time and you don't know why and you love God, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible to believe the little sermonette I just gave about heaven and God and eternity and still feel sad. And not only is it possible, it's okay. And yes, there is a call to joy, but that joy often is birthed in sadness. In fact, the people I know that are most joyful on earth have walked through the most grief. So we've got to be careful to paint this idea of Christians being happy. Christians are supposed to have perspective. It doesn't mean that we aren't sad or the Bible wouldn't say mourn with those who mourn. In fact, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that are brokenhearted. Blessed are those that are suffering. There is a blessing over you if you are suffering. Like God is saying, I love you. I'm with you. I'm in this ditch, valley, dark season, you know, with you. One of the most impactful people I've ever read is St. John of the Cross, and he writes an incredible, incredible poetic book about suffering. And he, you know, and, and you may have heard it. It's called The Dark Night of the Soul. And I remember reading a portion of it. And it was a season where I was sad and I didn't know why. And it was the first time that I felt permission to be there. And what's interesting is I've never forgotten that season. In fact, that season has defined the rest of my life because I learned to cry for no reason. And I learned to talk to God in my ache. I learned to be sad with other people. And I think it prepared me for griefs that Zach and I would face in our lives that we've already faced and that we will face. Because if we aren't comfortable in and with sadness, we will lead a very shallow life. Sadness is right up bump next to joy. It is connected. It's largely and usually connected. And so we can't fear it. We can't run from it. We're called to move into it with people that are suffering, and we can't wish it away. Now, we can give perspective to it when the season and the time is right, but I mean, Proverbs talks about an aptly suited word in the right moment, that there are times to suit the word to the moment. And guys, we are bad at this as Christians. We are terrible at this as Christians. I've seen it in comment sections of people announcing sickness or announcing the loss of a loved one and people are in the comment section I'm like oh can I erase people's comments I mean it's just horrible like how we do not have an aptly suited word if there's a word for someone that is suffering and what they need it is you mourn with those who mourn and I did it last week and I remember I was flying to be with my friend who had just found out that morning that she was going to have to unplug her 26 day old baby and that that baby had a fatal genetic condition. She didn't know the day before. She found out that morning and I get on a plane and I go to her and I'm like, God, I'm going to walk into the darkest moment of her life. What do I do? What do I say? I've been her mentor all her life. What do I do? And the only verse I kept repeating in my head was you mourn with those who mourn. It's all you do. And I don't think I said one wise thing that day, but when she cried, I cried. And when she laughed, I laughed. And we were together. That is what we do for people. That is what they need. They don't need our words. They don't need our wisdom. When the you-know-what hits the fan, they need us to be with them. And if it's you, 
if you're listening and you're the one that is just over it, you have been sad for so long and you don't know what to do, I'm going to give you a few little things. I think one reason it says in the Beatitudes that blessed are the poor in spirit is that you do live with an unusual ache that we all should have at various times. That's true. Like you're in touch with your need for God. You're in touch with your need for hope. And that's a gift in a way. But I also know that some of you are fight. I mean, let's be real. Like this week, whatever week you're listening, you probably know or have heard of somebody committing suicide. It is rampant right now. And I just, I want to tell you that you cannot fight this alone. Like you need people. We all need people. Wherever you are on the spectrum of sadness today or in your life or in the season, we need the church. We need people around us holding us up when we can't hold ourselves up. And so right now, today, I want you to reach out to somebody that loves you and tell them. And some of you have never told them. Some of you have never said the words out loud, I think I'm depressed. You need to say them today. Some of you have never said the suicidal thoughts you've thought in your head. You've never said them out loud and you need to say them out loud today because something about the darkness is paralyzing, paralyzing. And I will say this over and over again. Sorry, I'm gonna cuss on this episode. Sorry, because it's just some some episodes need some cuss words and the devil in the dark will tell you whatever the hell he wants. And that is not okay. It's not an okay way to live. So you bring people in and you bring light in because when you're not alone, you know, sometimes we just need other people to shine it. Like I've had friends going through grief and I'll say, what can I do? And they say, they'll say this, I am too broken to pray. So will you, this has happened twice to me. Will you pray for me? Because I don't think I can pray anymore. I don't think I can pray. And it's such an honor. I just, I mean, gosh, I prayed so fervently because I felt like I've got a cover for this person that is trying to breathe, you know? And so I, I do believe that sometimes we're called to hold the light. <laughs> we're called to, you know, I can't turn on the lights. I can't, I can't get up out of bed. I can't. And we just are called to just shine the light, to just be there and pray and remind and hope and cry with and laugh with. And that is yours if you can let someone in. So I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I hate sadness. I hate it. I mean, I, let's be real. I, I hate it. I think probably everybody does, but I really hate it. I try to avoid it all the time. And I want to say that because some of you like didn't even want to listen to this episode. You're like me. I would skip this one. Skip next one. And the reason why is because I just, I want to be happy. Like I have a desperate need to be happy. And so I'll push away everything that's sad. But when we push away everything that's sad, we miss everything that's good too. Like we numb out and we miss the good. And what I know about some of you, because I know it about myself, is that a lot of our coping, a lot of our scrolling, a lot of our drinking, a lot of our eating, a lot of our addictions are really just coping from this emotion. And some of you are sad from something that happened decades ago. And some of you are sad from something that happened yesterday. But I think all of us kind of live with this low-grade thing that we don't like that we want to escape, that we don't want to be true, or that we don't want to feel. And so we cope. And that matters because I think it's possible to waste your whole life coping and to totally miss all of the treasure that God has if we could just get more comfortable digging into the difficult things in our lives. Because he has enough to meet us there. One of the things about sadness 
because we don't like it, because we kind of run away from it, because we slap verses and addictions on it, we trying to make it go away. What ends up happening, ironically, is we go back to the first emotion we talked about, which is anger. We go back to the second emotion we talked about, which is discontentment. We go back to the I mean, really, every other emotion, I think some way is a, is a reaction to some disappointment that is plaguing us that we're not willing to deal with. And when you go, if you ever go to counseling, which I highly recommend for certain seasons in your life, to find a gospel-centered, Bible-believing counselor, what, I, what they do, and I've been to more than one, is they will take you back to your sadness. It's the worst. You know, the first few sessions. And I remember being like, no, I don't want to go there. Like, it was so funny. One of the counselors was like, hey, we're going to talk about your past. And I was like, no, I've already talked about my past. He's like, well, it's good to talk about it more than once. So let's go, <laughs> let's go back and like dig it up. And and almost every counselor will do this. I'll go back to like your darkest, hardest moments. But But why is because largely a lot of how you're behaving today is rooted in something that happened to you 15 to 20 years ago. You know, th- this is counseling 101, Christian or not. Like, it's just the way we're built is to hang on to disappointment, to hang on to broken heart, to hang on to trauma. And to ever get out of that trauma, we have to go back and understand it and understand where it came from and our reaction to it and start to see it and unpack it and feel it. That's the other thing they say that I hate. Feel it, feel it. Like, what did that feel like? I'm like, I hate that question. I don't want to talk about it, especially if it's negative. But what happens when we really feel it, how God meant for us to feel it, is we find healing. You know, that's why there's stages of grief that you've got to go through. You can't ignore them. You can't just get on a drug and start working out when someone you love has died. Like that is not going to fix you. That is not going to do anything. It's going to push it under a rug. What, what you do is you start to experience community where you share and you tell it. And you say it out loud and you feel understood and you feel like you're not alone in it. And that's the best community will do that. They'll bring out your darkest things and they'll be in them with you. So hope. <laughs> let's let's go here because there is hope. There's hope no matter what hell you are facing. And that hope is real. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, As we look not to things that are seen, but to things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are going away. They're transient. They're temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. The unseen things are the real most real things. They're the most real things. And you know, I mean, I feel like a broken record because what I say at the end of every one of these emotions is that God is enough, that the story of God defines our stories. As believers, we don't have to be cynical about our lives or about suffering. We get to be hopeful because this life doesn't deliver. Like this short life that we have here on earth, it is promised that it will not deliver. (laughs) It is going to disappoint us, but that one is coming that will exceed every expectation we have. It will not disappoint. So here's the funny thing is as believers, we get to be grateful in the midst of it, right? Like we get to have hope and and know that good is being caused through it, that purpose is, is being built in it. Now, we don't need to go slap that on everybody's difficult, darkest days, but we can remember that it's true. And Hebrews 12, 28 says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's like, let us be grateful that no matter what else goes to hell in our lives, that this kingdom cannot be taken. It cannot be shaken and it cannot be taken from us. And it will deliver 
beyond anything we could ever, ever imagine or hope for. I create and build a lot of things, but there is nothing I build that I feel more passionate about and that I believe in more than my Bible studies. And the reason why is because it puts women together around scripture. And guys, that's when lives change, is in small rooms around the word of God. So grab your people. And all of this season is based on a Bible study I wrote years ago that is still so relevant and I believe can help set you free. Not because of my words, but because it is based on God's word. It is called Stuck, and you can go to stuckbiblestudy.com. And with the kit, you'll get videos, you'll get conversation cards, you'll get a leader's guide, everything you need to bring a few friends together around this topic and the Word of God. So the podcast is one thing. I hope you and a lot of friends will listen, but I hope that it will only lead you to want more. And that more is getting around the Word of God together and seeing what God does and how He shifts us when we are brave enough to be honest and to bring those thoughts and those feelings to scripture. My practical for you this week is let someone in. Let someone in. Reach out, make a phone call today. And the best way, if you are like, I do not know one person I can let in. I This is why I love the local church. This is why I will use my podcast. I will use my books. I will use my platform all day long to push you into local community because What happens in local community is you are seen, you are known, you are cared for. The body of Christ is a local, real thing that can wrap up and bring casseroles, you know? I mean, it's just, it's what churches do, hopefully, healthy ones. So you find a healthy local church and you show up, I mean, literally, you show up on Sunday, and this is going to be awkward, but you do it. And they will have a time, maybe, where they say, meet the person next to you, and you look at the person, this has happened to me, somebody has done this to me, and you say... I am depressed and I need some community. I don't have any. And it will be the bravest thing you've ever done, but I'm not kidding you. In a healthy church, they may not be the one that will play that role, but they will know who can and they will hand you off well. And so say it, be desperate. You are desperate. Just be desperate, like be desperate to somebody. Let somebody in. Check on somebody you love that you know struggles with depression. Check on somebody that you know is going through a difficult time right now. Like just... Let's be there for each other, guys. Like, this is silly that all of us feel all these things. And at the same time, so many people feel so lonely. Okay, guys, did you know I have a website? Have you been? You want to go. JennyAllen.com. J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N.com. There's all kinds of things there. In fact, our show notes are there. Each episode, you can see it written down. You don't even have to take notes. You can just go there. We took notes for you. And you can leave comments and tell us what you're learning. You can also see all of the downloads and tools that we put up there for you. So do not miss it. Go hang out. JennyAllen.com. Come say hi. Say hi in the comment section. And yeah, I want to know you're out there.